0: After all, it's difficult to be romantic with your husband with another woman in the room, especially if the woman's just been murdered.
1: National Broadcasting Company presents The Adventures of the Abbots, starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon as Gene and Pat Abbott, those popular characters of detective fiction created by Francis Crane. NBC invites you to join Pat and Gene each week at this time for another exciting recorded adventure in romance and crime. Tonight's story, The Canary Yellow Sack. And here is Claudia Morgan as Gene Abbott to set the stage for tonight's puzzle in Murder. Murder.
0: I'd gone to Pat's office to call for him and take him home. Pat's a very successful private detective in San Francisco, and you'd think you'd find him with secretaries, talking long distance, consulting perhaps with some brilliant criminologist. But when I came in... Hello, darling. Pat Abbott, it's hardly becoming to an outstanding detective to be found at his desk reading a nursery book.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. What is it, Pat? Ansel and Gretel. I bought it for a birthday present. For my nephew, Donald. Remember him?
0: Oh, Oh, well, that's different. Ah,
1: He's such a cute kid. (laughs) Yes,
0: he's very cute, but that'll do, dear. Hmm? Put the book away. You're going to solve a mystery for me. What's the problem? It's about this newspaper clipping. I took it out of the bulletin's classified section. Go on, read it.
1: For sale. Old Chromo. Picture of Zachary Taylor. Well, of all the silly... Go
0: on, go on.
1: Promo picture of Zachary Taylor. Price, $12.30, right box 27. Well, what about it?
0: I sent them a check for $12.30, Pat.
1: Do you actually want a second-hand promo of Zachary Taylor?
0: I most certainly do. For your information, my great-grandfather was related to Zachary Taylor.
1: Well, do tell. Mm. Imagine being married to a celebrity all this time and not knowing it. Did you get the chromo?
0: No, I got the check back. Hmm? With the note saying they were very sorry the chromo had been sold. Oh, bad luck. So what? Well, I thought that's all it was, too. But look, here's another clipping. Advertising the same thing. I saw it in an out-of-town paper just this morning. Read it, dear.
1: For sale, old chromo Zachary Taylor, second hand. Price, $11.15.
0: Hmm. Now, you see, Pat? This ad offering the same chromo at a cheaper price just appeared today. Now, why in the world did they turn me down last week and then offer the same chromo in another paper for less money?
1: I don't know, dear. Besides, I am not interested.
0: Pat, it just doesn't make sense. Are you a detective or aren't you? Well, what do you think?
1: I think a Smirnoff vodka at Leo's would be perfect. Yes, come in.
2: Mr. Abbott? Yes? My name is Stewart. Stuart? Mrs. Tom Stewart. I need your help, Mr. Abbott.
1: Oh, go ahead. What's wrong?
2: Well, it's uh, confidential. Well, right? It's all right.
1: This is my wife. We often work together on a case.
2: Well, it's about my husband. Mm-hmm. He's disappeared.
1: Disappeared? Well, when and where did you see him last?
2: It all started about two weeks ago when I clipped this advertisement from the bulletin. Here, read it.
1: For sale... Old chromo picture of Henry Clay, second-hand.
0: Oh, Pat, it, it's the same... Wait a minute.
1: Price, $17.20, box 89.
0: Well, if that isn't the
2: most amazing coincidence... Uh, Mrs.
1: Stewart, I... what happened after you saw this ad?
2: Well, I'm very interested in American history. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd buy it. Uh, I sent a check to box 89, and then I never heard from them. I wrote again, and... Finally, the day before yesterday, I sent my husband down to the newspaper office. I told him to get the address of these people and ask them what they'd done about my check.
1: And did he find them?
2: Well, I don't know. Tom went down to the newspaper office, and, and he never came back. I tried to find him. I called every place he might have gone. His office, his friends.
1: Uh-huh. Well, have you reported this to the Missing Persons Bureau?
2: Yes, but, oh, they're so casual about these things, and... I wanted someone who'd take a personal interest in the case. Someone who wouldn't lose a minute. Someone who... Mrs.
1: Stewart, um, what does your husband look like?
2: Well, he's... he's tall. How tall? Oh, five, eight.
1: That's not very tall.
2: Well, maybe... maybe he's five, nine, or ten. I... I don't know exactly. He weighs about 150 pounds. Uh, What
1: color hair has he?
2: Brown. He had brown eyes... And, um, well, he was very thin.
1: Thin? 5'8", weighing 150?
2: Well, I call him thin. He looks so... <laughs> Pat! Oh. Pat! Oh. She,
0: she, she's been shot. What'll I do?
1: You look after her, Jean. Those shots came from out in the hall. But Pat, what... Stay with that woman.
0: Oh, here. Here, Mrs. Stewart. Let, let me help you. We'll, we'll, we'll get a doctor. I... I... Mrs. Stewart! Mrs. Stewart! Oh, Mrs.
1: Stewart, you... well, they got away, Jean. How's Mrs. Stewart?
0: Pat, I, I think she's dead.
1: What? Here, yeah, let me see. Uh-huh. You're right.
0: Oh, Pat, it's awful.
1: Give me that phone.
0: You see, I, I told you there was something weird about those ads.
1: Headquarters, Lieutenant Daniels, please. Oh,
0: what do you think they mean?
1: Could be a code. A code? For what? Uh, one second, darling. Daniels, this is Pat Abbott. Look, you better come over to my place. Fast. The woman has been shot. Yeah, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Pat, what are the ads of code for?
1: I don't know. Let's have a look at Mrs. Stewart.
0: Well, here's her purse. What's in it?
1: Well, a coin bag. Handkerchief. Lipstick. There's a ticket. It's an airplane ticket. For the plane to Seattle tomorrow morning,
0: Pat. Will you look at these newspaper clippings? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, this one says "for sale," old chromo picture of Vice President Marshall, second hand, price twenty-one twenty.
0: Well, this one says "for sale," old chromo picture of Benedict Arnold, price eight forty. Pat, what do they mean?
1: Well, let's see. In the first place, nobody on earth, except you, darling, would actually want a second-hand chromo of any of these fellows. They're advertising something absolutely useless. Something they probably haven't even got.
0: Oh, well, that's silly, dear. Well, then why advertise it all?
1: Well, these numbers, the prices, what could they mean? 8.40, 11 1115... Hmm.
0: Pat, that could mean time, not money. Except for the fact that there's no such time as 17.20. Now,
1: wait a minute. Could be military time, couldn't it? Oh. That's numbered from 1 to 24. 1720 would be 20 minutes after 5 p.m.
0: Golly, that's right. What about the names?
1: Well, let's go a step further. If you're telling someone time, what else might you tell them? Uh, place. That's right. Sure, you see? Taylor, Stanton, Marshall. Those could be the names of streets and avenues.
0: Well, suppose it's true. Where do we go from here?
1: Well, I know where you go. Where? Home. Home? Now? Jean, how many times do I have to tell you that detecting is a very dangerous business for you? Well, if
0: you think with that that, that woman lying there murdered in a mysterious code in the newspaper that I'm going I alone. will not have you, you running
1: around on these cases. Now, I said go home, Jean.
0: Well, of all the ridiculous... Jean. Yes, dear?
1: How long is it since anyone has spanked you? I'm going. <laughs>
0: I marched very reluctantly out of Pat's office. After I'd been gone about five minutes, Lieutenant Daniels arrived. He looked over the scene and examined Mrs. Stewart. Then he questioned Pat.
1: Pat, I've known you long enough to be very sure you're not mixed up in this, but uh, just the same, I'll have to ask a few questions. All right, go ahead. You never saw this Mrs. Stewart until she came to your office today? That's right. Did she indicate why she picked you to help her? Me personally? Mm. No. Well, she was just impatient with the Missing Persons Bureau. Thought a private detective could move faster. What did she expect? Miracles? (laughs) And you say that she told you about her husband disappearing. Yes. He disappeared after he went to inquire about a little ad in the newspaper. That's right. All right, come on, Pat. What's the gimmick? I don't pull gimmicks with you, Daniels. I never have. I've told you everything I know. That would be a novelty. You know, Pat Abbott, I have a lot of respect for you. You do a darn good job. The trouble is you don't always bring the police in on everything that you're doing. Now, uh, this time, suppose we don't play any games, hmm? I'm not playing games. You want to check yet on Mrs. Stewart? Yeah. One of the boys just called me from headquarters. No police record of her. Mm-hmm. Patch is stalling. You've noticed something that you're not telling me. What did she say about her husband? Just gave me a description of him. Height, 5'8". eight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right, that she said five nine or five ten.
3: Confound it, Pat. If you don't cut
4: the clowning. She
1: said he was very thin, weighed 150 pounds. Five foot eight, weighed hundred and fifty, and was thin? Yes. Well, aren't you mother's little helper? What was his first name? What was his occupation? She didn't say.
3: Now that's interesting. A woman you never saw before comes in, says her husband is five foot eight, uh, nine, or ten, or maybe he's tall enough to be a basketball player. He's short and heavy,
1: or maybe he's thin, and she didn't even tell you his name. Then somebody strolling by who had nothing else to do came along and shot her. Then you ran out in the hall instantly, but you didn't see them.
3: And all of this is because there's a little ad in the paper selling old chromos of dead presidents that aren't worth a plug nickel. Now, this hasn't been a very pleasant day anyway. My wife burnt the toast this morning. I missed the bus. And... Maybe I just ought to go home and lie down until tomorrow, huh, Pat? Maybe tomorrow will be my good news day, hmm?
1: I'm sorry, Lieutenant. I've told you all I know. I... Excuse me.
4: Pat Rabbit? Yes? I'm calling to give you a little advice. Who is this? We'll skip that. What I wanted to tell you was very simple. It's just this. Mind your own business, Abbott. Don't tell that cop anything.
1: Look, if you think you Hold
4: on, Abbott. Hey, someone here wants to talk to you.
1: Never mind. Get to the point.
4: You better listen, Abbott. Pat.
0: Pat darling.
1: Jean. Where are you? What is this?
0: When I left your office, they were waiting for me in the car. They they made me go with them, and I... I,
4: I see, Abbott. We figured you might go poking around where you weren't wanted, so we invited your wife for a ride. We're going to hold her, too, until this case sort of cools off.
1: Now, listen, you rock. Easy,
4: Abbott. Easy. Just remember, you want your wife back, mind your own business. Keep your mouth shut.
1: Hello? 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 Who was that? Pat, I said, who was that? I haven't seen you this upset since I took 56 bucks off you in that poker game last year. Now, who called? Little Bo Peep. Wants police help, she lost her sheep and can't find them. How would you like to get slapped with a charge of withholding information from the police? And how would you like to get sued for false arrest and maybe get busted and end up pounding a late night beat on the Oakland Bridge? Good afternoon, Mr. Rabbit. Good afternoon, Lieutenant Daniels. I guess maybe I'm the Rocco Gibraltar type except when it comes to Jean. Her kidnapping threw me for a 30-yard loss. Lieutenant Daniels tried a few more times to worm something out of me, but couldn't get a word. The minute the police had cleared out of my office, I went running to the office of the bulletin, to the desk where they take classified ads.
4: Yes, what can I do for you?
1: I don't want to place an ad. I'd just like to ask you a question. Uh, what is it? It's about an ad that was in your paper. You see this? Offering a chromo of Zachary Taylor... Well, well? Who placed that ad? We don't give out that information. This is very important. I've got to know. I said we don't give out that information. Now, it's... If that's all you wanted, I'm sorry. I'm very busy, so if you please run along. Now, look, look. I don't want to get into an argument. I'm just making a simple request. So will you... The answer I... is no. N-O. But it wouldn't... Aren't you going to leave, or do I send for the manager? You don't have to send for anybody. I don't want to make trouble. Uh, what's the trouble, Dorrance? <laughs> oh, Mr. Warren. This fellow wants some information. He wants to know who placed this ad. It's this ad here, Mr. Warren. I'd appreciate it very much. Well, let's see it.
3: Oh. I think this ad was mailed in. To find out who sent it, we'd have to go back through our files. It would take some time. I'll wait. Besides, uh, this ad is over a week old. It'd mean a lot of checking back. I'm afraid we can't oblige you. It isn't much of a favor. It's against our policy, too. It means a great, great deal to me. It's against our policy.
1: All right, skip it.
3: I'm sorry we can't be of more assistance. All right, Mr. Warren, all right. I said skip it.
4: Hello. Finally got back to your office, Abbott?
1: Now, listen, you, you let my... Oh,
4: wait. You better be polite to me, Abbott. Gene's right here in the room with me and the boys. Now, you don't want us to get angry, do you, Abbott? Oh, Jean, say hello to your husband.
0: Pat?
1: Yes, Jean, are you all right, dear? Are you all right?
4: You heard her, Abbott. She's fine so far. Now, look. We called about your visit to the bulletin office, Abbott. What? Aren't we smart, though? We know everything you do, don't we? You try to find out to put that ad in for the old chroma, huh? What about us? First you spoke to a man named Dorrance. Then you spoke to another jerk named Warren. They turned you down.
1: Well? I told you to keep your nose out of this
4: habit. You're disappointing me. Now, I ain't gonna warn you again. This here wife of yours won't look so pretty if they have to drag her out of the river.
1: I ran back to the office of the bulletin. This time, I wasn't going to be stopped. At the classified ad desk, there was a crowd. Uh, excuse me, what's happened?
2: It's the man who works at the desk, Mr. Darnes. Oh, it's terrible. Well, what, what is? Well, well, he was just standing there, and then all of a sudden, he just just keeled over and died. He did? Uh-huh. A heart attack, they say.
1: Would you step aside? I'd like to go over there. Thank you.
3: Why, hello. Hello, Mr. Warren. Isn't it shocking after all these years, poor Dorrance has a heart attack, and, and he's gone.
1: Yes. It's almost unbelievable. I left the office of the Bulletin and raced across town to the office of the Globe Dispatch. I had an idea. I wasn't sure it would work, but Gene's life was at stake, and any chance at all was worth taking. I went to the Classified Ad Department of the Globe Dispatch, and... Now, here's what I want in the ad, please. For sale, secondhand chromo of Aaron Burr. Price, Mm $7.20. I didn't know, of course, if my first idea about the ads being a code was right. But there wasn't anything else I could do. Figuring the name in the ad was the street where a rendezvous took place, and the price was the time of the meeting, I advertised Aaron Burr, $7.20. And at 7.20 the next night, I went to Burr Street. It was in a desolate section of town by the river. The street was deserted, and the lamppost was being repaired, so it was pitch black. I hid in a doorway and waited. At 7.20 sharp, a truck pulled up at the corner. The driver remained at the wheel. A guy who'd been riding in the back got out and strolled around, occasionally looking up the street. After about ten minutes, a little man called out to the driver.
4: I don't know where they are, Jackie. Looks like they won't show
1: up. Uh, excuse me, Bud. Got a match?
4: Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That's, uh, wait a minute. I got my puck. Yeah, here we are.
1: Thanks. Here's something for you. I knocked the little man out cold. Then I jumped onto the back of the truck and imitating that hoarse voice as best I could.
3: Better go on, Jackie. I'll ride in the back again. They ain't coming. The truck
1: roared down Burr Street. Switched off to the main highway and tore along doing 70. In the back, I had a chance to look around. The truck was filled with barrels of capsules. Little plastic capsules, the kind used to make pills. I kept examining the boxes. Then I found a bag. It contained a white powder with a bitter taste. It wasn't dope, but I thought I knew what it was. In a few minutes, the truck turned and pulled up in front of a huge abandoned warehouse. I hopped off, ran around to the back of the warehouse. I pulled open the door. Slowly, I saw a rickety stairway. I tiptoed up the stairs. I tried some doors. Empty rooms, that's all. Then I saw another door at the far end of the hallway. Jean? Darling, darling. Yes, you all right?
0: Yes, yes, I'm all right. They didn't hurt me. Pat, how'd you get here? Where are we? They blindfolded me until I got
1: here. Uh, shh. Don't talk now. I've got to get you out of here. I know the way back. I can come here with Daniels later. I'll wait. I'll see if anyone is outside.
0: Do you... Do you see anyone?
1: Yes. The driver of a truck I used to get here you better shut this door. Is there another way out of this room?
0: No, no, not even a window.
1: Uh, It's a nice spot. Well, the driver doesn't know who I am. Maybe we can bluff our way out. Does he know you?
0: I don't know. I I don't know who brought me here.
1: Then we just have to take a chance.
0: Pat, listen. Listen, they're, they're right outside.
1: Yes, now keep quiet. If we make a sound, they'll let loose right through the door with Tommy guns. I saw the driver carrying one now. Oh,
4: shh. I don't know who the guy was, boss. Just asked me for a match, and he slugged me.
1: That's the fella I knocked out to get in here. It's too bad I didn't sock him hard enough. I didn't have a chance to tie him up either. He must have come to and raced over here. Now we've got to get out, Gene. We've got to take a big chance. Anything.
0: Anything. Just let's get out of here.
1: We'll have to go out the front door and try talking fast if we meet anybody. Are you ready, darling? Ready, Pat. So far, so good. Now, down the stairs. All right, now, if we can make that big door at the bottom of the staircase, we'll be all right. It's very dark outside. It's only a short run to the highway.
0: We're, We're not doing badly at all. I wonder where they went.
3: Oh, don't leave us so soon, Mr. Abbott. Warren. Pat. I didn't expect you to pay us a visit, but now that you've come, why don't you stick around a while?
0: Pat, you, you, you know him. Yes,
3: Jean, I do. Mr. Warren is the
1: classified advertising manager of the Bulletin. We've met a few times. Last time we met, he just murdered one of his employees in the newspaper office, Mr. Dorrance.
4: Hey, this is the guy, boss. The one who sucked me.
3: Put your hands up, Abbott. You too, Mrs. Abbott. Harry, see if he has a gun. Okay. Mr. Dorris was supposed to have died of a heart attack.
1: But I wouldn't be surprised if the autopsy shows he was poisoned. He could wise to your racket, eh, Warren?
3: Using the ads for tip offs? You talk too much, Abbott. People who talk a lot get on my nerves. He ain't got no gun, boss.
0: Tip offs for what, Pat?
3: Pickups, darling.
1: By their truck. From half a dozen guys working for them who sold them empty pill capsules on the QT. And other guys selling them barbituric acid. You're really quite bright, Abbott. I tasted some of that white powder in the truck, Warren. They gave me sleeping pills in the Marines when I was hurt. I remembered it.
0: Sleeping pills, Pat?
1: Yes, dear. One of the least known and biggest rackets in America today. Not narcotics. So the Federal men don't have anything to do with it. Has to be enforced locally. Makes it very tough for the law, and easy for the boys. Runs into millions of dollars. Sold without a prescription by bellhops and Bag hotels. in all-night diners by salesmen planted like bookies and business offices.
3: Well, I thought we'd probably have to kill your wife, Abbott. But you want to make a regular party out of it, don't you? You want to get knocked off, too. Well, we can oblige you.
1: You shot Mrs. Stewart, too, Warren. You were one of your pals here.
3: Yes, Harriet got fancy ideas. She didn't like the way we were treating her.
1: So she decided to double-cross you. She came to me with a lead about the ads and a story about a husband who probably doesn't exist. She figured I'd nail you while she took a plane to Seattle. We caught up with her, though. Yes, in my office. Then you waited downstairs for Jean. Hoping that would probably keep me off your neck.
3: Go on, Harry. Harry, take them in the back. Get rid of them. Okay. No, wait. This Abbott here is a smart Alec. His wife wasn't very friendly either. Never mind taking them in the back, Harry. I'd get a kick out of seeing him get a face full of bullets myself. Go on, give it to him now, right here. Pat, Pat. Now, steady, darling. Look, Warren. You can't get away with
1: four killings you pulled two already that you'll be picked up for just as sure yattata, as...
3: You... Yattata, to talk again. Go on, give it to those two, Harry. We're wasting time. Right. Put up your hands, Warren. What? Lieutenant Daniels. You heard him, Harry. Drop that gun. Go on, drop it. I have 20 men outside, so be smart and don't start any
1: fireworks. they just love to celebrate the 4th a little early.
3: Where well, the devil did Where you... Where did I come from? Out of the nowhere, into the here. <laughs>
1: I sure the trick would work, Daniels. Well, it did. Good idea, Pat.
0: What trick? Pat, if you don't explain... Oh, you remember I...
1: the nursery book I was reading, Jean? Hansel and Gretel? Yes, dear. How did they show people the way to the witch's house where they were being held prisoner?
0: Well, why, they... They... They dropped breadcrumbs, I think, all along the trail as they went into the woods. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I see. That's right. I did it with the little capsules while I was riding in that truck. I cut a hole in one of those sacks. I knew I had to lead someone to wherever the truck was going, and then I thought of Hansel and Gretel. There's a trailer capsules running all the way out here for blocks. One of our prowl cars started following it. Figured some truck was losing all this stuff and didn't know it. Then the officers began looking around this warehouse.
0: Do people get so desperately addicted to sleeping pills?
1: Yes, very often. Then they develop barbiturate poisoning and keel over suddenly on the street. City hospital often gets cases like that. And I know an asylum that has victims of barbiturates who went into complete nervous collapse. You see, Gene, the health department of each city is responsible for stopping its illegal use. But most of them are handicapped. Not enough men, not enough funds. So the wise guys move in and make cash. Sell them in all-night movies. Sell them outside of flop houses. Yes, even pick up victims supposedly cured as they come out of the hospitals.
0: Well, I'll never have that trouble.
1: How do you know, Mrs. Emmett?
0: No woman would ever have trouble falling asleep after spending an evening with Paul.
4: The
1: National Broadcasting Company has presented The Adventures of the Abbots, starring Claudia Morgan and Les Damon as those popular personalities of detective fiction, Pat and Gene Abbott, created by Francis Crane. The cast included Everett Sloan, Gene Darling, Mandel Kramer, and Vaughn Clark. The Adventures of the Abbots was written by Howard Merrill. Original music composed and directed by Dewey Bergman. Produced by Ted Lloyd and Bernard L. Schubert. Directed and recorded by Harry Frazee. Next week, same time, same station. Another exciting adventure in crime with Pat and Gene in The Adventures of the Abbotts.